KBI was paid a fee to air the following program. The opinions expressed and the advice offered by the participants in the following paid program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of KBI staff, management, ownership, or other KBI advertisers. And the sponsor of this program is solely responsible for its content. Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, hello, Seattle. Hello, Puget Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, your weekend wine guy and commodore of cocktails. Thanks so much for spending a Saturday night uh, with us down here at Como and KVI 570. Um, hope you've had a great January getting off to those New Year's resolutions. You're probably proud of yourself, and now it's time to celebrate. Don't cheat yourself from having a uh, just a wee bit of a wee dram of something, and I hope you got something great in your glass. And I've got uh, some great folks in the studio today. Uh, I've got the legendary Duke Moscrip, who is the founder of Duke's Chatterhouse, and uh, I'm so excited to have. Have a little one-on-one time, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, his experience, the great restaurants, the great menu, the sustainable fish, and seafood that uh, he purveys, as well as his participation in the first annual Whiskey and Chowder Fest, and that's taking place um, coming up uh, Thursday, February 4th, down at the Foundry in uh, Soto, and a cool spot, and uh, a very interesting uh, pairing, which I'm excited to learn about, um, so I want to say, Duke Moscrip, welcome to Happy Hour. And thanks for having me, Christopher. Hey, um, well, what a pleasure. I remember back in uh, the 90s, uh, when I was... Uh, turned legal <laughs> we would go to dukes right before the the sound uh, sorry what was that basketball team the sonics, the sonics. yeah yeah we go to dukes and even after dukes so we had a lot of fun i had a lot of great times at dukes and uh tell us uh, about the history of dukes chowderhouse well dukes chowderhouse came about because we entered the chowder contest back in 1985 it was an alzheimer's fundraiser and we won the first year and uh next thing you know i i talked to our chefs i said can't we put chowder on the menu so they said no it's way too hard to make takes hours and hours so we next year we won the contest again and i said can we put this on the menu now and they said well we'll do it on friday you know Catholics so you had a restaurant already, right? You oh, yeah, a... we had our Duke's Bar and Grill. We weren't oh, at Chowder House I yet. See. We won it the third year in a row, and I said, that's it, guys. This is on the menu. And so three months later, it just became what we did, and nobody bitched anymore about it. They just <laughs> put the chowder on it. And the, the and so the same original recipe. Yes. Well, it we've changed that recipe about 30 times. It's oh. all natural now. It's actually gluten-free. There's no chemicals. Uh, there's no additives, no preservatives, <laughs> no color enhancers, no... You know, yeah, no extra white in there. Nothing. Yeah, and it's well, a white chowder, a Boston clam chowder style. It is right? New England style. My grandfather made chowder a hundred years ago. We took his recipe and and uh, put more herbs in it, made it more creamy. It's a lot, little bit more user friendly now. And uh, and in fact, it was so successful, we decided we'd do a chowder house concept. And so we did our first one at Lake Union uh, back in 1989. Yeah, well, uh, that's that's awesome. And uh, tell me about the your entree into the food and. 
hospitality business. Did you would you start busting tables at a restaurant and you caught the bug? Well, how'd that start? Well, I always loved restaurants. I was a stockbroker and uh, I decided that I would buy one and I foolishly thought, I'll just buy one and the money will just roll in. Well, it didn't work that way. I bought Ray's Boathouse and we struggled at the very start back in 1972 and it pulled me out of the stock brokerage business and to uh, work in the restaurant yeah. and see if I couldn't figure out a way to, to save this because it looked like it was going to go down. And I had everyone in the restaurant teach me and coach <laughs> me. And I that's good. I waited tables, I bartended, I cooked, and finally I ran the kitchen, uh, got involved with the food end of it, and really got excited about food. And next thing you know, I decided to do our own concept, and, and then it took off from there. So you purchased Ray's, and who was the original owner of Ray's back then? What year was it? It was Jack Klein. He was a psychiatrist in Seattle, and he had uh, purchased the restaurant from, gosh, from, it was called the Viking Restaurant. It had never been called oh. Ray's Boathouse. And Ray Lichtenberger was the guy that actually started the boathouse, and all the salmon oh. derbies were out yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, it was quite so, a place, so. you know, uh, I mean, just a landmark. And then uh, then the salmon derbies went away. and <laughs> So did this, because the salmon went salmon away. Salmon went away, and the reason the salmon went away, the herring went away. Oh, the herring, yeah, it's the food yeah. chain. Yeah, so, uh, which also got me started about sustainable fish, because why don't we have a lot more salmon in this area? What happened to the herring? So I want to do everything I can to, to help and uh, see if we can't restore salmon to, to these waters. Awesome. So uh, the Duke's Bar and Grill, uh, once you departed Ray's, you started the, what was the first restaurant? It was Lake Union. And no, the first one was Lower Queen Anne, where the Sonics oh, played. Yeah. And then we did one in Bellevue. Then we did several more in, around the city. And uh, all of a sudden, this chowder house concept caught on, and we did several more. And and uh, now we have six of them. So where do you where do those plaques and, and honors uh, championship honors reside? Which Chatterhouse has the first, second, and third Alzheimer's Chatterhouse competition winner? Well, actually, we've copied them, so we they're, oh, they're yeah? in each of the six restaurants. That's right. Oh, I, I was curious in my mind. I was thinking, can they remember who won the year before? Yeah, that's a bad joke. Yeah. <laughs> well, joke. actually, in the fourth year, they asked me not to compete because the other restaurants weren't going to, to enter the contest, and they needed oh. the money. So we reluctantly got out as a retired champion, and ga they gave me the Gold Ladle Award and, and made me a celebrity judge in the fourth year. Oh, that's cool. Well, yeah. I gotta say, now, now that, that new restaurant gets to say, yeah, we beat Dukes! That's right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so exciting, and um, clam chowder, I know when I worked at the private club, the Rainier Club, we had clam chowder every Friday, and uh, I really admired the cooking process because I loved it, and um, obviously being a Northwesterner here, and the clam digging in the Hood Canal, and oh, yeah. um, uh, it's just, uh, it's part of our existence it's warm and it's friendly and you know there's a lot of chowders out there everyone's trying to do it and i think right. cisco got in the game and sort of just kind of ruined it for some of that homemade stuff but uh, what's your secret for duke's chowder house uh new england style chowder well i actually give the secret up in our new cookbook that just came out it's called ah. it's called as wild as it gets it's duke's secret sustainable seafood recipes and in that book i i talk about the the secret to making great chowder is how you make the roux because uh, yeah. if you don't know how to make the roux, you'll wind up with very pasty or very thin sure. chowder. And making the roux, I'll give you a little tip here. You cook the roux for eight minutes at 175 degrees. Wow. Okay. And that makes the roux taste really good. I bet. And what, what butter and flour, right? Butter and flour. <laughs> uh, salted butter or unsalted butter? Salted. Okay. Yep. Excellent. Well, it's all about the roux. It starts from the first two ingredients because that's the basis of uh, uh, a lot of great soups. Yeah, sounds like you're a cook. 
Uh, well, yes. Uh, you know, I've been a culinary. You're kid not just for a, a sommelier. <laughs> oh no, you have to. You know, you can't just pair wine and food. You have to get the food bit down there too. You go. And, there you um, go. Well, I'm so excited. So, how many stores do you have now? How many locations? There's six. Six, spanning yeah. from. Federal uh, down in uh, uh, Ruston Way in Tacoma is the further south. Uh-huh. Uh, Kent Station, South Center, uh, Alki Beach in West Seattle, uh, Green Lake, and Lake Union. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about Alki Beach. Uh, uh, that's my neighborhood. I just up the street, and I love to pop down there. Um, tell me, what was the name of the bar before? It was like Bahama Breeze or something. It was uh, interesting Caribbean something. That building was named Boca. Boca. It was That's a Caribbean it. style, crazy wild. Yeah, you know, it uh, it did not do well. No, no, and uh, I always said that you know who would go in there, and I thought Duke's with the signature recognition, and of course your your very um, neighborhood friendly menu. Oh yeah, it's great. You've got great burgers and all, of course, seafood. So tell us about this cookbook. When did you start writing? Uh, when did you have the idea for a cookbook? Well, I was coached to try a cookbook, uh, and one of the reasons why is I wanted to be able to tell people what was. What was in this food, and why did we do it? And it turned out that in the survey, nobody knew what we did exactly. And so the next thing you know, I'm writing a cookbook. Twenty months, twenty-one months later, here it is. And uh, the uh, the cookbook is there. You go. I'll hand it to you. Thank you uh, very much. Yeah. Wow. This is a tome. It is. It's this four is and a half pounds. Four and a half There's pounds. There's 164 recipes. Uh, there's 90 of those are gluten-free because we've discovered that so many people want to eat gluten-free. There's so we have an index uh, that that tells you know where you can find all the gluten-free, all 90 of those recipes. And it's a book about sustainability. It's a book about sourcing. Uh, people want to know where their food comes from, and uh, that's a big thing for us. And so not only are we interested in really flavorful food, but we're we're really interested in the sustainability. Uh, let's let's make sure that my grandkids and my grandkids' grandkids are going to have something natural and wild. Yeah, that's important. And uh, um, obviously, with the uh, the well, the advent of agro farming, obviously we we have more su- su- quote unquote sustainable, but we want wild sustainable because obviously um, Monsanto's going to own all the genes that go into our food. Absolutely, and they will just uh, you know they'll ruin it for everybody. But um, very cool cookbook, great photography, and uh, there's a lot of people that it takes to make a cookbook, right? I mean, this isn't oh, just yes. you writing on the computer. No, it's uh, Executive Chef Bill Raniger, Wild Bill Raniger, and uh, he's worked with with me for 21 years, and we uh, wow, he's my co-author. Uh, we had a great designer, uh, and we had a great layout, uh, Aileen uh, Yost and Suzanne Harkness, and Ingrid uh, Pape Sheldon was our photographer. Wow, oh, great and photography. Tina Carey, our, our project manager. Uh, a lot of good people that, uh, that put this thing together. And uh, where can we find this, uh, uh, what we call it, As Wild As It Gets, Duke's Secret Sustainable Seafood Recipes, a cookbook by Duke's Chatterhouse founder, Duke Mosscrip. Where's the book available? It's available at all six of our locations uh-huh. and also on our website yeah. at dukeschatterhouse.com. All right. Shipping included? Cause this, is, <laughs> this, is, uh, um, this is a big book. Yeah. I like it. It's got nice big pictures. I think that's what really stirs the appetite. You see see the pictures and you go yeah I want to make that there's a photograph for every recipe which is was a kind of a pet peeve with me I you know I read lots of cookbooks and I want to know what it looks like 
you know, when you're finished. And, yeah. and, and uh, most cookbooks don't have photographs of every recipe. Yeah, I don't think Julia Child had many photos in some of her cookbooks. No, Betty Crocker didn't either. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, all the ing- they got the box, right? That's, That's the right. photographs on the box. Um, wonderful. And uh, I've you got some cocktails in here as well. Some Duke Tales, yes. Duke Tales. We came up with Duke Tales as our version of, of cocktails. They're all original recipes. And in that... Uh, 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 photographs that you'll see there is the kamikaze which was invented at duke's a lot of people don't know that yep really mark kobayashi a japanese american uh, guy uh, was a irreverent soul and on pearl harbor day he would dress up like a kamikaze pilot with a leather cap and the goggles and have uh, Japanese war posters on the wall, Tora Tora and Kontiki. Yeah. And uh, it was the biggest night of the year for us. It was so irreverent. It was so crazy, but it worked. And wow. And it was so much fun. And so he made the vodka, so lime we, juice, triple second. We named the drink after him. Oh, wow. And, it, and that's where it started. And oh. then everyone copied us after that. Yeah. Hey, you're a legend. I'm speaking with the legend himself, Duke Muscrip, the founder of Duke's Chowder Houses. you got six locations from uh, Tacoma to... Uh, Seattle and Green Lake and uh, the food is great I love it uh, you've got some going ha- great happy hours and um, it's neighborhood joints need to be affordable which I like because it's uh, it's you can go there twice three times a month and not feel like you're you're a night out at some of the very you know you have five star service but a uh, uh, three-star price. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, we're open every night, so, Christopher, you can go there every day if you like. Every day. I like that. <laughs> well, um, it's just right below my house, and I've been on Alki for many, many years, and uh, it's, it's, you know, I think Duke's on Alki really helped sustain that neighborhood because you were really one of the first. Without the Alki Bakery, um, there wasn't much else, and, and uh, you were like the restaurant that sort of anchored it and made it possible, and of course, you had cocktails, because there weren't many cocktails. There, were, there was no actual bar there. There were yeah. some service bars, but we're the first one to get approval to have an actual cocktail lounge yeah and that's great and so uh, i love it uh, and uh, you have a website it's called dukeschatterhouse.com dukeschatterhouse.com and on february 4th you are now entering a, a new era of the championship chowder making right well we're going to have uh, whiskey and chowder we're going to be there and uh, it's a, really a great event we're going to be serving our chowder with uh, a bacon uh, glazed uh, with bourbon from uh, Woodford Reserve. We actually go to Kentucky every year and, and blend our own bourbon and have our own brand. And, of course, then we're going to have salmon with a, a bourbon glaze. So this will be a lot of fun down there. Oh, well, I'm I'm excited to attend, and uh, it's making my mouth water here on Saturday night. Uh, bourbon and chowder can't go wrong. Um, coming up when we get up back from this break. I'm going to continue to chat with Duke Moscrip, the founder of Duke's Cheddar House, and then invite Alex Corcoran, who is the founder of uh, the Whiskey and Chowder Fest, which is taking place on February 4th down at the Foundry. So uh, stick around, folks. We're going to have some great conversation about all the vendors who are participating. And uh, I've got Heritage Distilling in the house. We're going to try some of the great uh, products. Um, I bet some brown products from Heritage Distilling, right? Fit the theme here on Happy Hour Radio. So, hey, if you ever miss one of our shows, folks, you can check us out online at happyhourradio.net. And uh, stick around. Pour something good in your glass. We'll be right back here on 570 KVI. Big names, big news. Sean Hannity, weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. Talk Radio 570, KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia, Christopher Chan. 
All right, happy Saturday night. Uh, Tis the end of January, and I hope you had a great month. Uh, Happy New Year. Last time you can say it. I always believe you can say Happy New Year all the way through January. And after that, uh, it's uh, 2016, and it's not so new. But uh, I've got some great guests here in studio, and uh, there's a new event coming up. It's called Whiskey and Chowder Fest. Um, I've got the legend himself, Duke Moscrip, the founder of Duke's Chowder House in Seattle and Tacoma and uh, around the Puget Sound. I've got six great stores, places where you can uh, find wonderful food and Duke tales seven days a week and seven nights a week. So um, right now we're going to segue into uh, more chowder and whiskey, this interesting pairing. I've got the founder of Whiskey and Chowder Fest, or you tell me, it's Alex Corcoran. Welcome to Happy Hour. Well, thank you very much for having me, Christopher. Okay, so this is a brand new event. Um, Tell me how this, what the name is, where is it, and how this idea got started. Well, the idea got started because I forget how much work putting a festival together is, and (laughs) about every two years I say, you know, I feel like throwing a party, and then when I actually do it, I realize, oh, why did I, why did I get involved? So you're an events guy by nature. No, I, I I guess it's, it's part of my nature, but it's, uh, but it's not, uh, it's, it's not a a career. You're like an event salmon that spawns every two years, right? Exactly. Starts swimming up that stream and goes, this is work. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) but it's actually it's something that uh, that works in tandem with the magazine that I publish, which is Edible Seattle Magazine. That's you. Yeah. Okay. I like that magazine. It's been yeah. around a long time. Oh, so 22 years? No, 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 no. We're, uh, we launched in 2008. We're just, really? uh, yeah, we're, we're nine I years old. I swear I saw an Edible Seattle before. Mm, two, 2008. The, the oh. economy was melting down. I actually yeah. thought, I'm not sure I want to start a business in this uh, economic environment. Yeah. But I plunged ahead, and it's been, it's been really well received by the city. Would you bring a copy? I did bring a copy. Oh, cool. Um, I think I've seen this at my friends at Metro Market, Metropolitan Market. Do you guys uh-huh. work with them on this? Yeah, yeah. Metropolitan Market is our primary partner. They are the presenting sponsor of the Whiskey and Chowder Festival. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Okay, so let's talk about the Whiskey and Chowder Festival. Um, again, how did you get this idea? You, I mean, you said you wanted to do something, but throwing a party with Whiskey and Chowder, I don't know that everyone's going to put that together. Well... I I think that it's a that it's a perfect pairing. I you know and I, I question anybody that thinks that yeah, uh, okay. that it isn't. Uh, but uh, in fact, some of the chowder makers are actually using uh, whiskeys as part of their recipes. Mm. They're actually adding them into, uh, including Duke, as he mentioned earlier. But uh, no, for me, the idea of of doing this festival and the other festivals that I've done that I presented is really a way of. Uh, of getting those producers, uh, those restaurants like Duke's that are committed to sustainability, that are committed to sourcing local foods and wild foods and natural foods, getting them in front of the public and making sure that the, pe- that the people are connecting with those restaurants that do it right. Nice. Yeah. All right. So uh, the event, uh, what's it cost? How long does it last? Where is it located? Well, it's going to be at the Foundry down in Soto. <laughs> it's on First Avenue South, uh, a space that used to be called the Urban Enoteca. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's $40 for entry. When people arrive, they'll be given their $40 back in the form of $2 tokens. Okay. That they then can spend throughout the event. And almost everything is priced at just one or two tokens. Okay. So 20 tokens is going to go a long way. I see. Um, there will also be uh, some seminars. Uh, one is on uh, is called Cask Strength, yeah, and that's uh, basically uh, teaching people about the effect of wood 
on the production of whiskey. There are certain things that that create the unique flavor profiles in every whiskey, and wo- wood is, is yeah is is one of those. One of the other seminars is uh, <laughs> called uh, is about the grains, about mm-hmm. the different grains that the you can actually. Bill. Yeah, so bourbon, I think most of us know, is primarily made of corn. Is the is the grain fifty one percent at least? At least fifty one percent, and uh, we've got wheat whiskey being produced here. Bainbridge Organic does an organic wheat whiskey. Um, a lot of people are making rye. Yeah. Rye is having a huge, huge spicy rye uh, resurgence. Yeah, it's kind of peppery, um, but. Uh, the uh, the distiller from Three Howls will actually be... Will Maskmeyer. That's right. He's actually going to be leading that, and he tells me that he's going to bring uh, some really unusual uh, whiskeys that are made with... Uh, quinoa. Quinoa, yes. Quinoa is one of them. Triticale is another. Triticale. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, and then there's a third seminar on the art of the cocktail. Oh. Yeah. And uh, Bridget is you going You don't need to... a token for these, right? Those are just included in the program? No, those are actually an additional ticket. Oh. Uh, you actually oh. have to purchase uh, a ticket to attend the seminar separately because there's limited seating. Sure. Yeah. So, um Okay, so February 4th, what time to start? February 4th, 5.30. It'll run till 8.30. Okay. There will also be uh, blind flights uh, where people can, for two tokens, they can come and, and get a flight of three different whiskeys, and there's two separate three whiskey flights. All right. And, uh, and you all can buy the, more tokens if you need to? Oh, yeah, you can buy more tokens. We want people to buy more tokens. <laughs> I, I should mention that this is actually a benefit for City Fruit, oh. which is my favorite local charity. I just love them. I That's love what right. they do. Yeah, so... so Again, they uh, source fruits from backyards and, and help uh, backyards, food banks and city parks, street trees. They basically have mapped uh, pretty much the entire city for fruit trees. They'll go wow. to people's doors and they'll knock and they'll say, hey, you've got this tree and we see that you're letting the, the fruit fall to the ground. Do you mind if we harvest it? Yeah. And so uh, so they've, they've got this huge network of volunteers. They're, uh, they're gathering I, I I don't even know what the number of pounds Baskets of fruit. Baskets and bushels. Oh no, no, it's 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 hundreds of thousands of pounds of fruit. Wow. And what they do is they get it into food banks. Yeah. And food banks are notoriously uh, challenged when it comes to to fresh produce. Fresh, yeah, you can't hold. They're it. getting a lot of processed foods or things that are about to expire. <laughs> um, and so getting actual ripe, fresh, just picked fruit into the into the food banks is just an enormous blessing. Yeah, and the the uh, organization is called again. It's called City Fruit. City Fruit, and so yeah. it's citifruit.org. Yes, it is citifruit.org. Okay, yeah. great. Now, how do we get tickets to Whiskey and Chowder Fest? You just go to the website, whiskeychowderfest.com. All right. Yeah. And whiskey with an E or whiskey with just a Y? Whiskey with an E. E. Yeah, I think that's the, is that the Scottish spelling with the, with where they yes. drop the E? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, this is the English spelling with the uh, with the E before the Y. Right, and yeah. there's a big story behind that because they wanted to... Someone was making rot gut, <laughs> all the whiskey, <laughs> so they changed it up. Oh, well, I got Alex Corcoran, the founder of Whiskey and Chowder Fest, and, of course, Duke Moscript, the founder of Duke's Chowder House. So, uh, Duke, have you prepped up your team to sort of get back into competition mode? Yes, we have. Yeah? We're ready. Doing, you're ready? <laughs> it's all about the roux? Oh, yeah, it's all about the Eight roux. minutes, 175, huh? Yep, there you go. Is that a conduction, or do you actually just measure it with one of your... Uh, Thermometers. You just need a thermometer. <laughs> okay, and but, the, but let me say, you got to get it to one seventy-five and then cook it for eight minutes. Ah, uh, right. 
There yeah. You go. There's a subtle difference. There. And you want your butter to be room temperature. Absolutely. Yeah, because if it's cold, it'll bring down the temp. And, yep. you know, when you you're talking about... That. All right, so a lot of secrets. And do you have a special name for Duke's Chowder? Is it just called Duke's Chowder? Duke's Award-Winning Clam Chowder. Duke's Award-Winning Clam Chowder. What kind of clams do you use? I mean, there's a whole bunch of clams. There's cockles, there's little necks, there's horse clams, there's buttered clams. What you got? They're surf clams from the East Coast off of, Martha, oh. off of Martha's Vineyard. They're big, big clams. They're, they're the size, some of them are the size of volleyball. Yeah, uh, and they're, they're you know they're economical to harvest, and they're incredibly tender. They oh. really are. They're just wonderful. That's the key because I know that sometimes clams like a cockle, you'd be chewing it <laughs> for a couple of years. Right. Uh, right. Well, that's exciting. That truly is a New England style clam chowder. It definitely is. And uh, uh, Alex, how many restaurants do you have participating? We have fifteen. Fifteen. Fifteen chefs coming. Can you tease us on who's coming? I certainly can. We've got uh, Chef Mark Baudinet from oh, Copperleaf. Oh, yeah, Copperleaf. Yeah. Cool guy. He does a great job out there. Uh, Derek Ronspies from Le Petit Cochon. Le Petit Cochon. And his brother Dustin, who operates Art of the Table. His frere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Alderbrook Resort and Spa is sending down Chef Josh Delgado. Uh-huh. And uh, the Port Ludlow Resort, Chef Dan Radigan's coming over. Um, Stu Navarre from Local 360 and Jennifer Isaguer from Bell & Wheat. Now, is it any chowder or is it a specific style of chowder? It's just whatever they think because they could do a salmon chowder or is it just oh. clam chowder? Oh, no, 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 no. There's we, We've got chow, We've got an oyster stew. There is a, uh, a, a seafood and sweet potato chowder. Wow. There's a smoked pen cove mussel chowder. Uh, Manila clam chowder. Awesome. A Dungeness crab and cider bisque. Um, A corn chowder with Alaskan weather vane scallops. I mean, it's really, really spanning. Man. There's a zarzuela. Dustin from Art of the Table is going to do a Spanish seafood stew called zarzuela. Zarzuela. When we come back from this break, I want to hear about all the distillers who will be participating. And I see that I've got uh, my friends from Heritage Distilling Company down in Gig Harbor. We've got four, uh, four brown spirits in front of me. And... And uh, I'm really excited to taste some rye whiskey, some bourbon whiskey, and, of course, their signature batch number 12, brown sugar cinnamon flavored whiskey. Wow, that'll be cool. Um, website, again, is whiskey- whiskeychowderfest.com. And tickets are 40 bucks. And uh, can you buy them at the door? You can buy them at the door okay. as long as we don't, I mean, as long as we don't max out. Yeah, yeah. sure. Fire code, fire marshal, got to yeah. get involved. But in. it's always safest to buy them beforehand. And here's a suggestion. I, I always want to taste uh, um, the Bite of Seattle to do this. They should be, bring your own fork. You guys should bring your own spoon. That way we're not filling all the, we're talking about sustainable, we're using plastic. So bring your own spoon to whiskey and chowder, whiskeychowderfest.com on February 4th. So we come back from the break. I got Heritage Distilling up next. So stick around, folks. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. He's back, and he's in charge. Kirby Wilbur, live and local, weekdays 9 to noon. Talk Radio 570, KVI. KVI, want to know weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey, 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 it's time for round three on this lovely Saturday night, uh, the last Saturday in January. Hope you got something great in your glass. And, uh, well, you might envy me. I've got four uh, shot glasses of... 
Bourbon and Whiskey, and I'm excited to welcome Hannah Hanley, who is uh, the representative of Heritage Distilling Company down in Gig Harbor. Hannah, welcome to Happy Hour. Thank you. So um, this Heritage Distilling Company was started when? In 2012. 2012. Wow. And that's why that's why Batch 12 came out, right? Because it... Yeah, it's part of it. It's part of it. Took us 12 attempts to get the recipe right. Oh. We were open in 2012. Yeah. yeah. All right. So um, Heritage Distilling, obviously, if you follow the Seahawks, you probably heard about uh, batch number 12, which is uh, kind of the fans, the Seahawks fans' uh, spirit of choice, I hope. Um, I'm excited to taste it. Actually, I have never had it. And uh, tell us about uh, Heritage Distilling. Yeah, so we are based in Gig Harbor, Washington. We have two locations in Gig Harbor, our flagship location, and then a downtown Gig Harbor tasting room as well. And uh, we make vodkas, gins, and whiskeys, including a large line of naturally flavored vodkas, and of course the whiskeys that uh, Chris, you're tasting. And um, we're the most awarded craft distillery in North America two years in a row. So 2014, 2015 from American Distilling Institute. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm on their uh, email uh database <laughs> and uh, we're starting the Seattle International Spirits Awards are coming up uh, in May so yeah. let me get you in there yeah definitely so you uh, produce flavored vodkas and uh, the uh, classic neutral flavored vodka yeah yes of course yeah so we have uh, you, you mentioned batch number 12 so our batch number 12 line of products includes a traditional <laughs> vodka gin the bourbon and uh, our new newest spirit is a brown sugar cinnamon whiskey and we have that under our batch number 12 line we'll be launching it uh, more nationwide product under the label BSB brown sugar bourbon as oh, well okay that so. sounds cool mm -hmm. and uh, your role at the distiller the distillery I'm the director of marketing okay. and branding okay mm -hmm. very good so uh, you helped uh, design some of these labels like the elk rider I did yep very cool all right um, so the first first whiskey I'm take uh, tasting is a bourbon whiskey which means it's 51 percent corn a minimum and aged in oak or just there's a little difference in the rules now I think they used to have to be aged in oak but now it just has to see oak for a, a one time in its life. For whiskey, for bourbon, it, it does have to age in new American oak yeah. charred barrels. One year. Uh, Two years if you want to call it straight. That's right. Yes, okay, <laughs> I know my whiskeys. Uh, so bourbon, where do you find your bourbon barrels for this? Because a lot of, and what is the, the mash bill? Is this uh, wheat, uh, triticale? Is it, uh, what do you got? It's corn, rye, and malted barley. I believe you're tasting the batch number 12 product. So it's a little bit heavier on the corn on that particular bourbon. And our barrels come out of Europe, so they are... Hungry? Um, Hungarian? No. no? <laughs> Russian? Um, French oak's expensive. <laughs> it's actually American oak that is... Uh, Coopered. Dried, coopered, uh -huh. and dried in the sun for about three years, and then coopered um, in Spain. Actually, is where the oh, barrels come from. All right, and they are charred, of course, on the inside. Yeah, and uh, so they come as a whole barrel, right? That's correct. I know that sometimes they just ship the staves because you can get more, obviously, <laughs> more stuff on the boat. Yeah, we um, this is tasty. I, this recipe seems to have changed since I, I don't think I've had it before, but I know that when when whiskeys come out. Um, it's really an experiment. You don't know what you have until you bottle it. I mean, until you take it out. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, uh, whiskey, of course, changes after sitting, sitting in a barrel. And then once you get it into the bottle and it can settle a little bit and then flavors will change through a period of time. But, um, yeah, I mean, Batch Number 12 has been our most popular product by far in terms of um locally. It's I, I believe Batch Number 12 vodka and bourbon are the number one and number two locally 
produced products. Yeah, that I bet. As long as we're winning. <laughs> sell, so, <laughs> um, I, I mean, we've been making batch number 12 for over a year. and uh, I guess it's been now a year and a half. And so, How long does this sit in wood? Um, just under two years. Just under two years, and that's mm-hmm. called elevage, are they, right? Or maturation? Yeah. <laughs> yeah fancy words. Yep. So you've got, uh, uh, this is your whole line of brown, right? Uh, we have a few more that we, um, a couple that we sell particularly in-house uh, in our tasting rooms, and then we have a couple of products that we've made part of the Spirits Direct Total Wine Program, and um, oh, that right. collection we call the Dual Barrel Collection. So we have a dual barrel bourbon and a dual barrel rye that, are produced uh, specifically, specifically for, for Total right. Wine. And, and what those, do they call that? Uh, the Spirits Direct Program. It's called Hip From Heritage, though? You got your We name? call it the Dual Barrel. I see. All yeah. Right. yeah they like to. Yeah. So we age it actually in new American oak barrels, and then we've been making a aged vanilla extract and used bourbon barrels. So then we push the, the mm. whiskey into that used vanilla extract barrel, adding a little bit of that those vanilla notes. Yeah. Is, it, is vanilla, um, it's also a terroir thing. Is that from Mexico? Is it Madagascar? From uh, They're Madagascar vanilla beans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So How many beans go in a barrel? We take, because of the, the rules around making vanilla extract, we take 15 pounds of pure Madagascar vanilla beans and put them into a 53-gallon barrel full of, um, we actually use a wine-based vodka as the base for that, and uh-huh. then it sits in the barrel for uh, a few months. <laughs> okay, and I'm tasting right now the Elk Rider Bourbon Whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a little more sharp than the uh, Batch 12. Uh, mm-hmm. This has a little more oak pronounced on it, and um, tell me about this. Yeah, so the Elk Rider series is actually one of our flagship series. Uh, the story of the Elk Rider comes from Jennifer, who our owners are Justin and Jennifer, and Jennifer's side of the family settled in the Quinault area of Washington in the late 1800s, and her uh, great uncles actually would find young elk and domesticate them and they became known in the area as elk riders there's actually a photo in the hmm. distillery of the elk riders and the, some of the wow. ants from the 1800s and you just find an elk wandering around <laughs> <laughs> i guess in the 1800s yeah, I mean, that was a wild a lot, time there were a lot more back then <laughs> so, so uh, this is so, made what's the mash bill here um this the elk rider bourbon is um, a little more rye forward, so it's also corn, rye, malted barley, but we we use a higher percentage of rye in this mash. And so we talk about malted barley. Basically, you're you're sprouting the barley grain to turn uh, those starches into sugars so that are fermentable. That's correct. Do you do that on your own, or is that a product that's already um, processed for you? Uh, the malted barley is already processed for us. Um, so we get corn from Odessa, Washington. We get wheat from St. John, oh, Washington. <laughs> That's <Yes>. right. <laughs> and we get rye from British Columbia. And then uh, the malted barley actually comes from a malting house in Vancouver, Washington. Oh, very cool. Well, I see this rye whiskey, and I think rye whiskey is one of the new uh, popular brown spirits that are sort of making a comeback with classic cocktails and bartenders. Tell us about Elk Rider Rye. The Elk Rider Rye is actually one of my favorite products we make. It's a 95% rye, 5% malted barley mash, aged for just less than two years. has really nice spice. It's my favorite for a Manhattan, so go-to for a Manhattan with a really uh, nice sweet vermouth. And um, I just think it has a really nice kind of peppery spice to it. Yeah, it's definitely lively on the palate. Um, Mm -hmm. It sort of permeates, and uh, that spice note comes through. Mm -hmm. Um, When you think of rye bread, there's there's a faint uh, uh, reminiscence of of that. Mm -hmm. Now, are you a... You're a pot still, I imagine, right? Uh, 
We are actually we have an Italian made still, so mm-hmm. um, it's it's not pot style specifically. Um, it's continuous. I mean, it, it, no, it's not continuous. It's like uh, it was originally a grappa still, oh. and so it was uh, actually altered to take grain mashes as well. So I, see. So you had to I mean, make I guess it it's a cross between a, a pot. It has a part of it is a pot, but um, it's made by Barrison Industries, and um, it's a 550 gallon still. Okay, so you're cranking it out. And yep. uh, the final one is this uh, BSB, right? No, brown sugar cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a brown sugar uh, cinnamon bourbon. And um, flavored whiskeys are actually kind of on the ups right now. So this is, uh, like I said, a brand new product for us. And um, How much brown a- sugar goes in this? Because this is really delicious. <laughs> uh, I'm not quite sure exactly the percentage. I need to find that out. But it, it has a, a, definitely those warm brown sugar notes with a mm-hmm. hint of cinnamon. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's well balanced. I'm surprised. And I always prefer uh, flavored spirits to be foolproof because, you know, I... <laughs> I want to have the <laughs> the experience. Um, uh, this is sixty proof, but it's it's a pleasant. You know, the sweetness is balanced. Um, it's not syrupy, and uh, the cinnamon note is just enough. It reminds you just of the cinnamon bread, so it's not like really overpowering. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, what are these run, and where can you find them? Obviously, you can find a, br- a version at uh, Total Wine, but uh, these whiskeys typically. Yeah, our batch number twelve bourbon is available at most major retailers. So, uh, of course, Total Wine, um, most Safeways. Fred Meyer, Albertsons, okay. Bevmo. The Elk Rider series is a little bit um, uh, more difficult to find um, available in some some major retailers. I know that um, Total Wine, I believe, has the Elk Rider bourbon, but we actually can ship within the state of Washington as oh, well. Cool. So Excellent. available via our website, heritagedistilling.com. Okay, heritagedistilling.com. You have a tasting room? Yep. Uh, hours are Thursday through Sunday? We're open seven days a week at our downtown Gig wow. Harbor tasting room, and then our flagship tasting room is open Monday through Saturday. All right. Well, I, I bet you have some people hanging out there uh, quite a bit. And, <laughs> we do. Um, yeah. Our flights, 5 bucks, 10 bucks. What does it take to get uh, yeah, samples? We do $5 for a traditional flight, and that $5 is applied if you buy a bottle. Oh, perfect. So Heritage Distilling dot com, right? That's correct. Excellent. Well, we come back from this break. Uh, I'm going to chat more with Duke Mosgrove, the founder of Duke's Chowder House. And I want to thank Hannah Hanley, the uh, director of marketing for Heritage Distilling Company, batch number 12, Elk Rider Rye, Elk Rider Bourbon, and of course, the brown sugar cinnamon. Good stuff. Stick around, folks. We'll be right back with more on Happy Hour Radio. Start your day the right way. John Carlson, live and local, 6 to 10 a.m., Talk Radio 570, KVI. You're in the know with KVI Want to Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, hope your Saturday night is full of happiness and your glasses full of something good. It's time for round four, our final segment, as I uh, wrap up a great conversation with, uh, you know, one of the culinary legends here in Seattle, Duke Moskrip. The uh, namesake, the founder of Duke's Chowder House, and of course I've got the lovely Hannah Hanley, who is the Director of Marketing for Heritage Distilling. Now, Duke, you were talking about uh, you head down to Kentucky each year to uh, source some uh, to blend your own bourbon at Woodford. That's right. Yeah, and how many years have you been doing this? I think we're on batch number 11 now. Wow. Yes. And do you, you buy one barrel, or do you have to buy two because you're blending? You're taking some from that barrel, or well, how does that work? They start with uh, eight barrels, and we get down to the two that match the best together mm-hmm. and it takes about an hour with the master distiller and uh, chris morris and it's an incredible experience and uh, it's interesting because our bourbon comes out every year 
the candy store version of bourbon and versus the New York State version that because restaurants come there and blend from New York yeah. we've tasted theirs very harsh just like New York it's like brash and really up front and ours is almondy vanilla wow. cinnamon you know that really soft candy store mm. you know, that's what they call it alright so we can find these at all locations and it's uh, called the Duke Special Reserve or? personal selection personal selection and now we have actually Duke's birthday bourbon which is a double oak Oh really? Yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, it's really rich and uh, and and fairly strong. And when's your birthday? January twentieth. Okay. Well, happy belated birthday! We just Thank missed you. it. That was so fun. And um, do you have a special beer? I know that uh, when I see some of your your emails, you have these beer dinners and wine dinners. Right. Um, I understand you're participating at uh, the Seattle Wine and Food Experience. Yes, every year we we love doing these festivals. They're they're we get connect with people, and uh, it's it's a special deal, and and we get to showcase uh, you know what we do food wise. And, of course, you know, my favorite beer is Mac and Jack's. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff. We were the first restaurant to buy that beer. Yeah? Mac and Jack made it in their garage. (laughs) Now, they're in, like, they're in Burien or they? Redmond. Redmond. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's a a tasty beer. That's, uh, and I remember all the beers growing up. Because in the 90s. And Manny's is good, too. Well, Pyramid Wheat Ale was, like, the first big micro that came out back in the day. with A lot of lemons and stuff. So, uh, Hannah, Hannah, this... uh, Tell me about the flavored vodkas you have, because that sounds kind of cool. Yeah, so we do uh, 24 naturally flavored vodkas. 24? Yep. <laughs> go big or go home, right? Wow. <laughs> so uh, everything from grapefruit, mango, ginger. Uh, we have a coffee, which is one of our most popular out of the tasting room. Um, raspberry, strawberry. Uh, I mean, uh, there's so many flavors. It's hard to Bubble gum? <laughs> remember. No. <laughs> all naturally <Whipped> flavored. <laughs> all naturally flavored. Yeah, I see some of the pinnacle vodkas. They're doing all this stuff. They try to lure in all the young ones. Um, typical bottle costs uh, 25 bucks for vodka? Less than 20 Yeah, great. Mm-hmm. That's good. And your gins. What makes your gins so unique? So we have a couple different gins. My personal favorite is our Elk Rider gin. It's a traditional crisp style of gin, and we distill it from Washington-grown white wheat. And then we use uh, juniper berries, of course, uh, sweet orange peel, and coriander as the botanicals. And it creates this really crisp pl- flavor with a nice citrus. You have a steam finish. basket; it goes through the, uh, or do you do you macerate it? Or we actually use. Uh, so we have our big still that we call Nona, which is our Italian-made still, and then we have six hillbilly stills that are made in Kentucky. Yeehaw! Uh, that's right. <laughs> and uh, we actually take a first run of distilled wheat neutral spirit into the base of that pot still and then uh, put the botanicals just on top there and uh, distill that and through that process that infusion happens. Interesting. Uh, there's many ways to put flavor in it and uh, that sounds great. So um, special name is just Heritage Dist- uh, Distilling Company Gin? It's our Elk Rider Gin. Elk Rider Gin. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can find that at all the great uh, liquor stores around town. Well, I want to thank you, and you're going to be again at Whiskey and Chatterfest, uh, right. both of you, Duke. And are you going to be down yourself, oh, Duke? Oh, yes, definitely. All right. And uh, you're going to bring your cookbook so people can check it out? Definitely bring that cookbook. It goes everywhere. It goes everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you must be very proud. It's uh, a beautiful cookbook. And uh, if you were to suggest one dish to eat at Duke's, what would you suggest? Oh, boy. Uh, after chowder, I'd say... Uh, my favorite salmon dish is the blueberry and goat cheese salmon. Oh. It's a dish that I dreamed of. Wow. I, I woke up in the morning, came to Wild Bill Raniger and said, Bill, can we do this? And he said, 
let's do let's do it and All we right. did it and it tasted phenomenal finally you got a yes man <laughs> well he's he's he, he's more than that oh <laughs> uh, yeah well he's your partner so so cool um love dukes and uh had a lot of history there so it's great to have you on the show thanks so much for joining yeah. me on happy hour radio thank you very much and hannah i think you should call them still billies instead of hillbillies right? <laughs> oh yeah they run four heat levels warm hot hot and then hotter than hell <laughs> hotter than hell huh well that's heritage distilling uh tasting room down in gig harbor open seven days a week was that uh 10 a.m what can you start 11 a.m. Uh, 11 a.m. <laughs> Great. Well, in France, they have degustation at uh, 10 a.m. because, uh, uh, of course, they spit. And uh, I was really impressed with these uh, uh, whiskeys. Uh, thanks so much for sharing. You can find them all at Whiskey and Chowder Fest February 4th. It's whiskeychowderfest.com. And uh, hope you had a good time on the show, folks. Um, uh, you can find uh, more of our great shows on happyhourradio.net. And if you ever miss uh, a show, they're all there. You can listen to them anytime. Share with your friends. And remember, folks, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers. Cheers.